Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 240 of the Bible 2021 podcast. Today we are reading 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and our focus is on what happens when we die, do we get a new body in heaven, and where is your true home? So friends, every day we read through the Bible, five days a week we're in the New Testament, twice a week we are in the Old Testament, and our goal is to get you involved in daily Bible listening, following, understanding, and living it out. And that's the goal for my life, too. Our website is Bible2021.com if you want to share the show with friends and neighbors, and we'd love to ask you to do that. A good way to get them pointed in the right direction is that website where they can subscribe to the show and send us questions. And there is a word-by-word transcript for every episode at Bible2021.com. This week, I had the privilege of preaching the funeral of a very precious in the sight of God saint who was a member of the church I pastor for many, many years. She was 94, and she was regularly coming to church with a joyful and peaceful attitude right up until the pandemic hit last year. She is the mother of a very dear friend and a podcast listener named Og. You've heard me talk about him before, and she had lived a good and faithful life. And one remarkable fact about her, I just like literally found out this week, which honestly blew me away, is that she had lived in the same house in Salinas, California since 1947. 1947. Yes, you heard correctly, since just after World War II ended. For 74 74 years, she lived in the same house. And that's astounding. And I've never personally known anybody to live in the same place for any longer than that. I also had the privilege of reading scripture at her burial. And we all watched it as her body was lowered into the ground. A very sad and very final experience in many ways. But the whole process of grieving and funerals and Uh, graveside services brings up enormously important theological questions. What happens to the Christian right after we die? What happens to our body? Do we sleep in the ground until Jesus returns? Do we immediately go to heaven? Well, oddly, the Bible does not speak very much about what theologians call the intermediate state, which is the state between our death and the return of Jesus. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is one of the chapters that honestly has the most information for us about what happens to a Christian after death. So let's go ahead and read the passage, and then we're going to discuss some of the implications of what Paul is telling us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, For we know that if our earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal dwelling in the heavens not made with hands. Indeed, we groan in this tent, desiring to put on our heavenly dwelling, since when we are clothed we will not be found naked. Indeed, we groan while we are in this tent, burdened as we are, because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed, so that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now, The one who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a down payment. So we are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. In fact, we are confident and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to be pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade people. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your consciences. We are not commending ourselves to you again, 
but giving you an opportunity to be proud of us so that you may have a reply for those who take pride in outward appearance rather than in the heart. For if we are out of our mind, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us, since we have reached this conclusion that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. From now on then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective, even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective. Yet now we no longer know him this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What a wonderful summary of the gospel verse 21 is. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. Well, first, a couple of important observations from this passage. Number one, our bodies, which Paul here compares to a tent, are temporary dwellings. Now, that might be a weird metaphor for you, thinking of our bodies as a tent. But what Paul is saying is us, who we are, the essence of who we are is not our body. That's just a covering for our body. The real us is inside the body, the spirit, the soul. And not only as our bodies temporary, but they're grown worthy. And when I was typing up these notes just two sentences ago, I literally let out a groan and had to stop writing because my shoulder was aching so much due to a decades-old injury sustained in a caving accident. Additionally, my knee has been bothering me for the last two days, and it has also caused a few involuntary groans to escape my lips, which shouldn't be surprising, according to Paul, who says, Indeed, we groan in this tent, desiring to put on our heavenly dwelling, since when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Indeed, we groan while we are in this tent, our body, burdened as we are, because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed so that mortality may be swallowed up by life. And of course, that's 2 Corinthians 5, 2, and 3. And it's an amazing passage. We are burdened with our bodies, says Paul. In fact, it's like we are naked, unclothed. And how? What in the world does that mean? Because we are in mortal bodies. Mortal as in subject to injury, breakdown, decay, sickness, sprains, COVID, cramps, headaches, diarrhea, wrinkles, kidney stones, vision loss, hearing loss, gout, arthritis, hair loss, obesity, cancer, etc. So many things. All of these horrible things can happen to us because we are wearing a mortal set of clothes, our body, surrounding our immortal soul and spirits. So point number two. Our spirit slash souls have a temporary home in this body, but it's only temporary. Our permanent home, which our souls long for, is with the Lord. That's our true home, which means we are all kind of homesick for a country that we've never seen before. We read in verse 6, So we are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. In fact, we are confident and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord, our real home, the true home. 
Number three, our mortality and all of the terrible troubles that come along with it will one day be entirely swallowed up by immortality. And we know this because God has given us his Holy Spirit as a guarantee or deposit. So says Paul in verses four and five, we don't want to be unclothed, but clothed so that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now, the one who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the spirit as a down payment. So, What kind of bodies will we have when our earthly tent is exchanged for our heavenly tent, using Paul's metaphor here? Well, this is a big question, and this is only a 10-12 minute podcast, so we're only going to be able to scratch the surface, but theologian Wayne Grudem has a great article on the intermediate state and that addresses this question in his second edition, Systematic Theology, which is one of my favorite books ever. And no, I have not read it cover to cover because it's like literally 1,200 pages, but it's still one of my favorite books ever. It's a fantastic reference. And here's just a couple of paragraphs from Dr. Grudem to help us understand what the Bible says about our future bodies. He says, The repeated instances in which Jesus demonstrated to the disciples that he had a physical body that was able to be touched, that had flesh and bones, and that could eat food, show that Jesus' body, which is our pattern, was clearly a physical body that had been made perfect. What kind of continuity will there be between our present bodies and our future resurrection bodies? Will our bodies look exactly the same and have exactly the same characteristics? Will they somewhat be different, or will they be almost entirely different? Will our resurrection bodies be made of the same molecules of which our earthly bodies consist, or will they be an entirely new creation from God, or will they be some combination of old and new? Several passages indicate that Paul expected a considerable measure of continuity between our present earthly bodies and our future resurrection bodies. Paul said, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you, Romans 8, 11. He said that Jesus will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, Philippians three twenty one. And when Paul spoke about the nature of the resurrection body, he gave an example of a seed sown in the ground. What you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or some other grain, but God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body, says 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty seven 37-38. And this example, he draws on common human knowledge that there are differences between what is sown and what is raised, but there is also continuity. Just as a seed grows into a larger plant, retaining the matter that was in it, but taking other materials to itself from the ground as well, so we will have continuity and differences as well. On this analogy, we can say that whatever remains in the grave from our physical bodies will be taken by God, transformed, and used to make a new resurrection body, but the details of exactly how that will happen remains unclear since scripture doesn't specify. We are to affirm this because scripture teaches it even if we cannot fully explain how it can happen. Well, that's a lot to think about and some deep thoughts from Dr. Grudem. Let's close with our Bible memory passage for the month of August. It is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.